0: Our Sunday services are at 9 and 11 a.m. and include a full range of children's programs as well as a ministry specifically for children with special needs. Find us on Facebook or visit our website at rockpoint.org for more information. Some of you may have recognized that song. It was an instrumental version actually of a song called Ancient Words, and we chose that for a couple reasons today. One, it's one of the favorites of uh, of our guests today, but also because it reflects something that our church has really been focused on for quite a while now. This last season, we have been focusing on the importance of the Word of God. We had a series focused on the book of Genesis for several months as we were walking that through together. And we've seen that fan out into all areas of the church, our discussion groups. Our Bible studies for men and women have focused on the Word of God and the themes there. Light Company and Axiom for our young adults and youth have focused on this theme because we sense it's an important time to reestablish the importance of the Word of God. And our speaker today, our guest, is somebody who has really dedicated uh, his life to that aspect. Uh, Dr. Gene Getz um, is a college and seminary professor. He's a writer and author of over 60 books. He's also been a pastor as well. But probably most significantly among all of those, in addition to books like The Measure of a Man, which we'll be talking about tomorrow night, and a study Bible that's very unique that we're going to be hearing more about today, um, has been that he had founded several decades ago a movement of churches, a loose association of churches, not a hierarchy, but an association of churches just in in brotherhood with each other um, called Fellowship Bible Churches. And that was done at a time in the uh, 70s when there was a lot of spiritual turbulence. There was a lot of questions in the culture. And so he inspired a movement that has has really swept and had several hundred churches across the globe that have focused on the importance of the Word of God. That has been one of their primary motivations in joining together in that way. And so he has carried that essentially with his whole life. And he joins us today, actually, having gone through not only all of that through the decades, but also he asked me to share this. He went through a pretty intense eight-month bout with COVID. Many of us know how difficult that can be. And yet at 91 years old, it had him down but not out. And so we have the pleasure of him joining with us today. Will you please welcome Dr. Gene Getz to share about the Word of God? (laughs)
1: Well thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, as Mickey mentioned, I had a bout with COVID. I was actually in the hospital for eight months. The second week, my family came to say goodbye. The doctors said that I was not going to make it. But God had other plans. <laughs> I was for... <laughs> I was uh, four hours from a ventilator. And they said that if I had gone on the ventilator, I certainly would have made it or I'd have been mentally incapacitated. But God, uh, through thousands of people praying for me, I began to recover. And after eight months, I was able to go home. and, And it's interesting because when I got home after eight months, I still couldn't lift my legs to get into bed. But after six months of uh, rehab at home, I was able to get back to the office and uh, become active again and uh, to serve the Lord. And I'm just thrilled to be here. It was quite an ordeal. Um, I was on a feeding tube for a year. Uh, One of my vocal cords froze and I couldn't swallow. And uh, once I began to swallow again, (laughs) I'm telling you, mashed potatoes and gravy for the first time. Whoa! <laughs> After a year and ice water. Oh, I, I didn't taste water for a whole year. And uh, so God uh, just um, did a wonderful thing for me. Uh, it did leave me with a strange, bizarre form of neuropathy in my legs. And the five specialists don't understand it except They've concluded it's the result of COVID, you know, a mysterious disease that there's just a lot of ramifications they still don't understand. But all that to say, praise God, I'm here. Uh, it's only by God's grace. And I sometimes say God's grace in mama's genes. <laughs> Mama lived to be 99 and uh, was pretty strong right up into the end. So perhaps some of God's grace through genes was part of that. But certainly, uh, I'm here because of, of God's grace. And I'm just so thankful. To be able to open the Word. and I'm going to talk about uh, the Word of God and the will of God. You know, it's just absolutely incredible, when you stop and think about it, what we have in our hands. Whether it's in the form of a Bible or on your iPod or on your phone or whatever that here we have this gift from God. All 66 books of the Bible in our language. But as I was engaged in this uh, research study that Mickey mentioned in terms of the study Bible, it really dawned on me what a privilege it is. And frankly, I was a bit convicted in the sense of, do I really appreciate the gift that God's given? with this Bible. We, we have so many and so easy to take for granted. And my mind went back to 16th century England. And there was a man that just developed a passion to get the Bible into English, our language. They didn't have a Bible in English. And so he began to translate the Bible into English. Now you would think the King of England would be happy about that. No, he wasn't. Henry the was not happy. And there was a reason. Number one is, if the common people understood the Bible, they would see how hypocritical he was. Because he was the head of the Church of England and living a very hypocritical life. And also the hierarchy of the church didn't want people to understand the Bible because it would reveal their hypocrisy. And that's one reason why William Tyndale wanted the Bible in English. And so, He began to translate, but he was persecuted, so much so that he had to leave England. And when he had finished translating the whole of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books, a so called friend of his said, Hey, William, it's okay if you come back. You'll be okay, you'll be safe. It was a setup. When he got back to England, he was incarcerated, ultimately, burned at the stake because he translated this Bible into English, the gift that we have in our hands today. And that that story has just penetrated my soul, that someone would be that dedicated to people that want to get the Bible into their language, our language. His final prayer, by the way, as he was dying, he prayed, Lord, open the eyes of the King of England. And the Lord answered that prayer because even Henry VIII authorized a couple of Bibles in English in the next four or five years. And then King James became the King of England and authorized the King James Version in 1611, which has become, you know, a standard Bible initially. And a lot of people don't realize that 80% of the King James Version was done by William Trindale that they used his translation to do that work. So I'm deeply moved by that story. I'm deeply moved by the fact that God has given us this gift. The greatest gift, of course, was the living Word, Jesus. The next greatest gift to us, other than our salvation, is the Word of God that we have in our hands. But it came to us through people who've made great sacrifice. Today I'd like to talk about the Word of God and the will of God. And I want to talk to you about how God revealed His Word to us, particularly in the New Testament. In John chapter 14, Jesus is coming to the end of His time on this earth. He's with the disciples, the eleven, because Judas is split. He's going to do what He's going to do, the evil deed that He did. And so these eleven men are there in the upper room and they're really nervous because Jesus said He's going to go away. And they had no clue what that meant. And He said, don't worry because I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you and I'll come back again and and, uh, take you to be with me. But in the meantime, in the meantime, He said, I'm going to send someone else. And here we have it in John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus said to these 11 men, I'll ask the Father, He will give you another counselor. That's a very interesting word in the Greek text is parakletos. Could be translated the King James, it's another, tra- I'll give you another comforter. Remember that? Um, it could be translated another teacher. But there's another word I think is, is very appropriate. It could be translated another encourager. Because frequently the word parakletos is translated encourager in other places in the New Testament. So Jesus said, I'm going to send you another counselor, another parakletos, another encourager, to be with you forever. And then He said something very significant. He identified this counselor. He is the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. Truth. Now, that's significant in terms of what Jesus is saying here. Because as you go on in the conversation, in verse 25, Jesus said, I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the paracletos, the counselor, the encourager, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've told you. And I can envision these eleven men puzzled as they're reclining there and, Jesus, what are you talking about? And I can see, for example, Matthew former tax collector sitting there, pulling on his beard and scratching his head and saying, Jesus, what what are you talking about that He will teach you all things when He comes? And remind us of everything that you've told us. I, I don't understand this. Well, he didn't really understand it totally until almost 30 years later. Matthew is somewhere in the New Testament world. I don't know where he was. I don't know whether he was asleep or awake or by a stream or meditating or whatever. But in his mind came some words. Words that he'd heard 30, over 30 years ago on the Mount of Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see the kingdom of God." It was Jesus' teaching. And the words went on in his mind, "'Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted.'" And there in that miraculous moment, he recalled word for word everything Jesus had taught nearly over 30 years ago on the Mount of Beatitudes. And he heard all of the Beatitudes. He heard the whole Sermon on the Mount. And he rolled out his scroll and took out his quill and he began to record. And not only did he record the Sermon on the Mount, he recorded the whole Gospel of Matthew. And we have it in our Bibles today. And that's what Jesus promised them there in the upper room. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, and the Father will send my name will teach you all things, and remind you, men, of everything I have told you over the last three and a half years." Amazing. And then Jesus said, let's let's leave. Let's go down the streets of Jerusalem. And at the end of chapter 14, it says, Jesus said, get up, let's leave this place. They descended in the streets of Jerusalem. It's dark, it's night, a lot of tension in the air because of the threats on Jesus' life. They're heading towards the Kidron Valley. They're going towards the Garden of Gethsemane. Somewhere along the way, Jesus may have stopped. And maybe He turned to John, who's right next to Him. And John probably was walking along because we know that Jesus and John had a very special relationship. He was a disciple that Jesus loved in a very unique way in His humanity. And Jesus said, Men, when the Counselor of the Paracletos comes, the one I'll send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, and he says it again. In fact, in this passage, he's called the Spirit of Truth three or four times. When the Spirit of Truth comes who proceeds from the Father, He will testify about me. And in my imagination, I can, I can see Jesus maintaining eye contact with John. He will testify about me. Nearly 60 years later, 60 years, the apostle John is 90 years old. I can identify with that. (laughs) I think he may have been in Ephesus because we know he went to Ephesus. And I don't know what the circumstances are, but in the quietness of a moment, As he's reflecting, as he's thinking, words enter his mind. I'm not sure how that happened, but they were crystal clear. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And John rolled out his scroll and he took his quill and he began to record the very words that are at the beginning of his gospel. And Not only did he record in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, he said, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he began to record all of the miracles that demonstrated that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. And at the end of that gospel, he culminated in chapter 20, verses 30, 31 many other signs did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that in believing you might have life through His name. He recorded those words. He recorded the whole gospel, which was a fulfillment of what Jesus said. Sixty years before, when the counselor of the Holy Spirit comes, he will testify about me. And that's the whole purpose of the gospel of John. It was fulfilled in John's life, and we have it in our New Testament today. Well, God continued to speak through the Spirit of truth to give us the whole of the Scriptures. I want to fast-forward you to, uh, Paul is in prison. Paul the Apostle. He knows he's going to die. He was in prison once before and he was released, but now he knows the end has come. He said, I finished my course. I'm, I'm heading home to heaven. And he wrote to Timothy. And when, in writing to Timothy, he brought to memory some things in Timothy's life. This is the last letter that Paul ever wrote. He wrote 13 of them. And this is the last one. And here in uh, chapter 3, verse 14, he says, But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You see, Timothy had been with Paul for a number of years as they traveled in planting churches. And you know those who taught you. And you know that from infancy you've known the sacred Scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now imagine you're Timothy. Timothy's mind had to go back the first time he met Paul. It was in his hometown Lystra. And Paul came on his first missionary journey along with Barnabas. Persecution was so intense that Paul was stoned and taken outside the city and left for dead. That's recorded in the book of Acts. And in Acts it says there was a circle of disciples around Paul. And they're there. And a miraculous thing happened. Paul raised up, was healed, went back into the city and continued his journey. But there, standing with Timothy probably was an old lady, an old Jewish lady, now a believer, called Lois. That was Timothy's grandma. We know that because her name is mentioned right in the first chapter here. And standing next to his grandma was his mom. Her name was Eunice. His dad wasn't there because he was a pagan. We know that from Acts chapter 16. He was a Greek. He was probably down at the temple Zeus, worshiping a pagan idol. But Timothy and his grandma and his mom were there and they saw Paul emerge. And they were called disciples. And so Paul is reminding Timothy, he said, remember those who taught you from infancy you've known what? the Holy Scriptures. What were the Holy Scriptures that Lois and Eunice had taught him? The Old Testament. But it was the Old Testament that pointed to the coming of Jesus. And so Paul said, the sacred Scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Messiah who's come and is prophesied throughout the whole of the Old Testament. But then Paul goes on and he says this, Timothy, all Scripture, all Scripture is inspired by God. And it's profitable for teaching. And prophetically, I believe that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth is giving Paul the wisdom that he's prophetically saying that all Scripture, Old and New Testament, is inspired by God. Now, I don't know whether Paul even knew at this time whether his letters would be incorporated in the New Testament. He may not have even understood that, but God did. And so we have all 13 of his letters. All Scriptures inspired by God, profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, training in righteousness, so the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work in our lives day. But one more time, I want to fast forward you in the biblical story. Take you to the book of Hebrews. This is one of the later books that was written, incorporated into the New Testament. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. I personally think it was Apollos, but I can't prove that. But it doesn't matter. I believe it's the Word of God. And here's what he wrote, verse 14, 24. And let us watch out for one another to provoke one another To love and good deeds and good works. Not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing. That's rather relevant, isn't it? As a habit of doing. But, now get this, encouraging each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Encouraging each other. What do you think the basic word is that's translated encouraging? Paracletas. The very Greek word that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. And here, Apollos or whoever wrote this by inspiration of the Holy Spirit is saying, those of you who are listening, by implication he's saying the Paracletos, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, came to give us the truth. But you, all of you, because He has given you the Spirit of truth, you are the parakletoi. The parakletoi means you are the encouragers. That's the plural of Paracletos. The Holy Spirit was called the parakletos, the counselor, the encourager. We are called the parakletoi, the encouragers. And we can encourage one another, not only because He dwells within our hearts, but we have the truth that He revealed. Isn't that incredible? Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. Amen. We are the the paracletoi to encourage one another. I passed my leadership baton as a pastor 20 years ago. I was in my 70s. I got a call from Robin Holman. They just completed a brand new translation of the Bible. And I knew it was a good translation. It's now called the Christian Standard Bible. And they said, Gene, we'd like for you to do a Principles Live By Study Bible from Genesis to Revelation. What? Yes, you can do it. We think that with all the books you've written, you can can do it in a couple of years. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after my wife and I prayed about it, we took on that project. And seven years later, not two years, but seven years later, full-time literally, from Genesis to Revelation, looking at every line, every sentence, every verse, every paragraph, every chapter. I came up with 1,500 principles lived by which are embedded right in the biblical text. And God did a miraculous thing in enabling us then to put QR codes with every principle, enabling people to access the videos of the teaching of all that because I actually taught all those principles to a live audience and we videotaped it for the seven years. But I share that story to simply say that I couldn't help be reminded of those who have sacrificed so great to give us the Word of God. For me, it wasn't a sacrifice. It was just a privilege. Thank God for... William Tyndale and others, Wycliffe, and others who literally gave them lives that we could have the Bible in our hands. God's wonderful gift. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much for the word of God. Lord when we think about what you've done for us, we feel unworthy. We're humbled. Thank you for your mercy, for your grace in our lives. I just thank you I can be here with these wonderful people and just share from your Word, your truth. Thank you for the spirit of truth who dwells within our lives, those of us who know you and believe in you and have received you. And thank you that we can use the word of God to encourage each other. Help us to be faithful. And we pray in the name of Jesus, our wonderful Savior and Lord. And all the people said, Amen. 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 And thank
0: amen. You, Gene. Uh, hold on, let's. You're, uh, you're, you're going to have an opportunity to do that again, so you've got to hold some of it right now. I know it's, it's, it's really exciting to do. Because I've got Gene's Bible here um, that he's been sharing with you. Now, we don't typically um, highlight a, a, a book or a resource up here, but there's a reason why we wanted to do that today. There's a few things that Gene wanted to share with you about how it works and also the impact it's had. But one of the things I would mention right out of the gate that to me is so unique about what he's doing, is there's a mission behind this Bible. He's created a study Bible, as he was just sharing with you, um, so that he can get Bibles in the hands of people. And this is important to know right up front. How he designed this, he designed it in a way where every one of these that is provided and somebody buys, half of that cost goes to covering the cost of the Bible that was provided to that person, and then half of it goes to providing a free Bible, to somebody, a ministry leader or somebody in the world that needs a Bible. And that's the whole approach to this thing that I find is, unique as, is as unique mm-hmm. as the Bible itself. And so I wanted you to know that up front, that that's what he's sharing today. And you'll have an opportunity if you choose to enter into that mission, there'll be some available afterwards. You can. That's up to you. You choose to do that. But he wanted to also make sure you know a couple of the things that it does. And so one of the things you mentioned is some of the ways, Gene, that it's, it's interactive that's and right. you were yeah, showing well, me some of that before, and yeah, you wanted to well, show them as Open well. your Bible yes, there do
1: that. To, uh, you had a to the chapter, marked here, yeah. and you'll see the QR code. That's… see on the screen? And I'm going to do this That's the page right on now. the Bible. I'm technically challenged at times, but I'm going to okay. do this. Okay. You see that QR code, yeah. and it, what is the principle called? The Word of God. It's right from that passage. That's the principle laid right in there. And so you're going to scan that code. So I,
0: Yep, and that's here, right? Is this
1: yeah, yeah, you're right. It's this one right is this here. One? Okay. There we okay. go.
0: Psalm you're going to
1: scan that, and boom.
0: Okay, and I'm clicking. There,
1: there it is. And, and he's coming up on and his phone, there. but let's take it to the big screen so you can hear that's it. it. Right. Here, here we go. The Word of God. Our basic criteria for discerning God's will must be grounded on God's truth as revealed by the Holy Spirit and recorded in Scripture. Here's Gene to explain this principle. Fortunately, we can study 2nd Peter. Fortunately, we can study 1st Peter. Fortunately, we can study Genesis to Revelation. And sometimes I think we, uh, we forget the incredible challenge that these New Testament leaders had because they had no repository of biblical truth like we do. Hey, that was pre-COVID. I don't look too bad there. I was going to say, I recognize (laughs) that guy. (laughs) So that that
0: gives you a sense of how it works. I I could have done that same thing on my phone. I scanned the QR code. and, And how much, there's a lot of content.
1: 1,500 of the videos, and that's 300 hours of video. So, that's accessible.
0: That's an extra resource for studying that just comes yeah. along with it. But then there was a couple other things you were mentioning to me, too, about the impact. I know you wanted well, to share. Well, yeah. In fact, it relates had.
1: to our telephone conversation, and we just came up with this idea uh, oh, well, last night. I saw you
0: at Trinity yeah, Church, right?
1: Yeah. You, you saw me online, and um, there was a, a, a gentleman that was listening uh, while his wife was there, and I spoke in the church, and so she bought a Bible for him and gave it to him. His name was Phil King, and he happened to be in the House of Representatives in the state of Texas. Now a senator, by the way. And he, I didn't know him, I didn't meet him, and he started texting me that he was reading the Bible and watching the videos, and he'd say, hey Gene, I just finished Joshua, and hey Gene, I just finished the Gospel of John. And So it was really exciting getting to know him, but he approached me and he said, Gene, he said, I want to I get this into the hands of every member of the House of Representatives and all the Senate in the state of Texas. And so he enabled, he purchased Bibles and gave them. Here's a picture, by the way. Uh, he's second on, uh, I guess you're right. Uh, that's Phil King. They're in the, that's actually in the chamber in Austin, Texas. And the people walked, the, all these House of Representatives walked in, and there on their desk was a copy of the Bible. Well, what happened was, time marches on, and he gives a Bible to the sheriff of Fort Worth, Bill. And that's Big Bill there with, uh, with uh, Phil. And I'd never met him, but I got a text then from uh, from the sheriff, from Sheriff Bill. And by the way, uh, it's just amazing because uh, Phil is so excited about the Bible, he just, he just buys them and gives them away like tracks, you know. But he doesn't just give them away, he shows people how to use it. And, and he actually shows them with a cell phone and so forth. And, he, and so he's given a lot to key leaders in the state of Texas. And by the way, we need that <laughs> in terms of the leaders in the state of Texas. But uh, I get this text then from Sheriff Bill. He said, Gene, I've never met you, but Phil gave me a copy of the Bible. And he said, I just want you to know I'm reading it every day and I'm watching the videos and it's really helping me. And he's very influential. He has 4,000 inmates that he's responsible for in in Texas. And a, a gentle giant loves the Lord. Well, in this text, he said, Gene, I've never met you, but... He said, "I gave your Bible to Taya Kyle, and she has become a fan and reading her Bible. Taya Kyle, who's she?" And then he said, "She's the widow of Chris Kyle, the American sniper, who was killed ten years ago after you know tours in Vietnam or in uh, Iraq." And he came back, he was trying to help a veteran and went to a shooting range, and the guy shot him and killed him. There was a movie.: yeah, yeah, and so left it her. There's a movie was that was done on his life, "The American Sniper." Well, Sheriff Bill took a real interest in her and her two kids. She was devastated, obviously. This is a picture, by the way, of Chris and, and Taya. And he told me how she was using it, how she went on her face page, her Facebook, and she has thousands of followers now. And she just laid out how she uses it and encouraged them. And so here he's telling me this. I'd never met him. I'd never met her. And she said, "Jean, she wants to meet you. So we met together. In fact, I had a wonder... This is her, by the way, using that Bible. But uh, here is a picture where I had the privilege of praying with, with Bill and Taya. And right there, we were praying for her kids. You know, obviously, she's left with two teenagers. But Sheriff Bill really has discipled her, mentored her, and God is really using her in a remarkable way. So, but it, that's just the current story I can yes, share. Yeah, that's a good one. Many of those stories. And it just
0: shows that the approach of giving out a free one like that and moving it yeah, forward—it's just incredible. You can see
1: how encouraged.
0: <laughs> you said there was some also some pictures of how it's been just connected globally. Yeah, and then what happened? This, this equips is, pastors yeah. and
1: ministry leaders. Yeah, this is totally unexpected in the sense that the moment the Bible came off the press, and and we didn't anticipate this, with the QR codes and the videos, it was instantly available anywhere in the world where there was Internet connection. And most of the people in the world, great majorities speak English. And so what happened is that pastors and leaders in third world countries particularly were accessing the videos which gave us an opportunity then to begin to share Bibles with these men and women who couldn't afford them. And that's why with every Bible we sell, we give one away, and that enables us to do that. For example, here are pastors in Myanmar looking at the Bible, see the technology? They have the same technology as we do, access the internet. Uh, Here's a pastor who went to the airport to pick up three boxes that we sent. Mm By the way, uh, just this week we sent 19 copy, 19 boxes of those Bibles to an orphanage in Kenya for 200 liters of those orphans to have Bibles in their hands.
0: And those are all just… Those are, are all gifts. are all given All to gifts. We pay that.
1: the shipping and everything. Here's um, pastors in the Philippines. Uh, And we train them on how to use them. Here are students in Romania. They understand English. Pastors in Vietnam. Those we had to carry in cautiously. Pastors in India. We've sent at least a thousand gift Bibles to India to pastors who could never afford it. We're sending them, by the way, into Cuba. We now have a Bible in Spanish. And by the way, what we pay for an English Bible is like six months' salary for them. They can't afford a Bible. And so we, we put it in their hands. Here's the Life Essentials Training Center that we built in Uganda, where pastors come in. We house them for three days, train them on how to use it. You see, they've never learned how to say the Bible. They've not been to seminary, to Bible college. And so it's like a seminary in a box. Uh, here's our… these are Ugandans uh, just thanking the Lord for the Bible. So I like God opened thinking. this door, I mean, it's, it's Him. <laughs> I, like I never anticipated this, as I, at least this stage of my life. And I appreciate that. I, and it's that just, a...
0: it's, it, the purpose of that is to give you a snapshot of, of how it's working, how it's making an impact by getting these free Bibles in the people's hands, and then also the kind of resource it is. It's, a, it's very thorough. I mean, there's a lot of great commentary in here. You saw the QR codes. I found that to be very unique. It's, it's, if it's a resource for you, great. You can take action on that. If, just remember this. If you do choose to get one, that means one free goes to somebody else. If you get more than one, one free, you know, they go to somebody else. So that that's your opportunity. You do what you will with that. But Gene's doing some good work here, and I think that's definitely worthy of some recognition. Why right, and
1: if, if you do, please let me sign it for you. I'd oh, love yeah, to sign it. Do that. Yeah, he'll be out and, there. And, and by the, the way, way, if you don't understand QR codes, ask your sixth grader. they will <laughs> tell you how. Can we thank Gene? <laughs> uh, Oh, you need to mention that we may run out and we'll...
0: I'm going, to pray. I'm going to pray for Gene in just a moment here, and then we're going to release. But just a couple of final points for you. Um, when you do go out there, if you do purchase one, uh, first service was a little Bible-hungry. So we're actually a little short on some, but that doesn't mean you can't purchase one. You can, and if there isn't any more copies there, they'll get that to you next week. We're going to coordinate that, okay? And also remember, Gene will be here tomorrow for uh, Crossroads. We're going to be talking more about uh, the measure of a man, okay? Meanwhile, why don't you stand with me, and let's, uh, and let's could pray could I Could
1: I just ask for personal prayer is that my, my legs are improving um, this neuropathy they say there's no ultimate cure for neuropathy um, but my legs are getting better and it would sure be wonderful to walk again normally if it's the thorn in the flesh that I need to bear I'll bear it uh, I told the Lord that but I've also said Lord I'd love to walk again in fact, I'd love to ski again. <laughs> ah. All right, let's but any, pray for skiing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll settle for one. I, I would just preach prayers that if it's the Lord's will, that I could experience more and more healing in my legs so that I could throw this thing away and just walk normally. Right. Thank you. Father, we, we do lift Gene in
0: his ministry. We thank you for all the, the years and the decades, God, of faithfulness. He has prioritized your word in his life. We're thankful, God, for the ways in which he's made that available to pastors and minister leaders and Christians across the world who might otherwise not have a Bible in their hands. And so we thank you for him, God. We pray for him personally right now, Lord. We always pray according to your will. But, Lord, we do pray that he's able to do the work you've called him to do. And so if that involves a little skiing, I'm sure he'll take it. If that involves walking without this walker, he'll take it. But also, God, we appreciate he's a man of faith, and he will receive what you will for him. In the meantime, God, we ask you that your word goes to the four corners of the earth. We ask you, God, that you continue to provide for your church so that we can do the work of bringing the gospel message of Jesus Christ to so many souls that desperately need him. And so, Lord, to that end, we ask you to bless Gene and his ministry. We ask you to bless our church and the church across this world. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen.